look at the situation report for March 27th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray, and this is take number 4,805. All kinds of technical issues tonight. Plus, I'm uh, not feeling the whole sit rep thing tonight. It's been a day. So I woke up this morning and went to get ready to go to the office. And Athena had snuck into my closet and eaten a shoe. A brand new shoe that I hadn't even worn yet. And that was that that was wake up this morning. So then going to work, uh, watch two people get in an accident because I evidently signaling and merging is hard on the freeway, especially when you're a moron. So that was the that was the next thing, and it just kept going after that. And then I got a phone call in the middle of the day. I think it was from Yosemite Sam, which didn't leave a name or number or anything else. Say, hey, Colonel, what are you going to do with them situation reports? Got turned on to you a couple weeks ago by a buddy of mine who's former Army, and hell, I, I like what you got to say. Call me. Well, that would be great, Yosemite, if I knew who the fuck you were and I had a phone number. Kind of hard to do that when I don't know who the fuck you are. That was followed by a phone call from somebody clearly overseas that was trying to tell me they were a, a, a soldier and they needed a box of cash. Clearly, that wasn't true. Uh, just one of those days. And then about 3 o'clock, I heard about the shooting in Nashville, which we'll see how fast this story dies because it was a transgender woman identified as a man that thought it was a good idea to go shoot up a school. Here's what I don't get. What makes somebody think it's a good idea to go shoot up a school? Why is it always a school? Why can't it be, you know, one, once it was a gay bar, but most of the time it's a school, and I don't get it. What could piss you off that much to where you want to go shoot a bunch of innocent kids? I never could do the math on that. I still can't do the math on it. And then there's the parade of bullshit that follows it. That's all about, we got to take away guns because law-abiding citizens are the biggest threat. No, they're really not. But it's, it's just yet another fear-mongering narrative that generates that they use, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that every one of these school shootings Whoever is in the whoever's doing this is being activated by somebody to go do this specific repeat act. This isn't video games. This isn't social media. This isn't bullying. This is somebody being activated to go do this. And this is a narrative they keep playing because it's the only thing they know how to do. And it's not working anymore because people are desensitized to it. And I can't tell you if it's too desensitized people to the fact that they're doing things to children so that when the crimes come out that they've been committing against children, they won't, they won't seem so bad. I can't decide if it's that, or if this is just to try and get the gun debate further down the road, because it's not going to work. People are completely desensitized to this. And most people are convinced now that they aren't real anyway. They're all staged events. So it's the lesser of two evils, which is even more dangerous considering the situation. And neither one of those, neither one of those storylines 
is good. And neither one of the storylines leads anywhere positive. There's a lot of things to this that you can go either direction with. And I think that's the point of it. Either way, this isn't a good storyline. So, you know, the... I guess the best way to explain it is that when you look at this from an information warfare perspective, you could go either way with it. There's no clear path here to say this is what this is. And and this is what got Alex Jones into trouble. He just started calling Sandy Hook a false flag, and he got sued over it. And when you're talking about emotional issues like this and you get a favorable court like they did in, in Austin, Texas, which is, again, they do all this stuff in liberal havens where the rules don't apply to people and they wipe their ass with the laws, then they get reinforcement that these stories are real. So if you look at it from that perspective, information war, perfect, perfect cover. But this could be one of two things, and I don't know which one it is right now. And then on top of that, you have a host of other things going on all at the same time. One of those things going on right now is the situation in Ukraine. I got a flurry of messages yesterday and today about Ukraine, none of which I can I could substantiate. I will say this. It seems like the situation there is dire, and the situation there is only getting worse, which we expected as the, as the Ukrainians run out of people and stuff to fight with. The Russians are going to make a land grab at some point, but their whole goal is to destroy the Russian army or the Ukrainian army, and they're doing a fine job at it. It's amazing to watch all of our 113s and you know armored personnel carriers we've had in, in storage forever being blown up by drones and artillery and landmines and other shit. It's amazing to see all that. But at the same time, it's a waste. It's a massive waste of people. They're literally slaughtering people, and, and that's all they're doing. They're not making this massive frontal assault trying to overwhelm the Ukrainian army, which they could do, and is their doctrine. No, they're slowly, they're slowly bleeding them to death and slowly encircling them and taking away their capability to fight. And then you have the peace mission that the Chinese put in place. I don't know how, you know, how realistic it was, but it was um, an attempt to try and negotiate a peace. And what did we do? We pissed on them. So this, what that tells me is it tells me three things. Number one, that they're desperate to start and escalate the war and, and make it a bigger, wider war. Number two, they know the end is coming in, in Ukraine and they can't, they don't know what to do to stop it. And they don't have public support to commit U.S. forces to it because it's they're, everything they're doing in the in the social media space and to, to gain public opinion just isn't working for them. And then on top of that, you have the fact that our diplomatic and State Department doesn't know what to do because the messages coming out of the third Obama administration are mixed, which is what it was before. You have the B team running foreign policy, which is a complete disaster. In every case, this doesn't end well. I don't think Russia's going to take the bait for a wider war. I don't think Russia's going to stop until this is done and the Ukrainian army is destroyed and Ukraine is no more. And I don't think that U.S. forces are going to be committed to it. 
but I could be wrong. Which brings me to the border situation and the, the movement of, of Chinese nationals into our border with the help of our government. It's no coincidence that they moved all of those forces overseas to take them off the playing field here. It's no coincidence that they've taken our strategic reserve of equipment and moved it to Ukraine, and they're slowly watching it be destroyed. That's not a panic situation, just like, just like Afghanistan wasn't a panic situation. We left that equipment for our enemy. We're leaving this equipment so it'll be destroyed to take away our capability of fight. All of that, I think, is at the behest of China because the assets that are in Washington, D.C. and the people that are running the administration, including Obama, are all communists. And it's no coincidence that Obama is in, a, in, in Australia right now, which has basically been converted to a communist satellite by that whole regime of malcontents who are also Maoists. This is none of this is coincidence. And I think that's the signal is what's going on in the ground in, a, in Ukraine. But I don't know what that is definitively. I don't think anybody does. I don't even think McGregor knows what the real ground truth is there. So until that develops and they can't hide it anymore, or I get confirmation of what's going on, then I'm not going to speculate. There's just too much there. But that is signal, what's going on over there. Now, the other thing is this morning, I had people send me um, a TikTok video and then a Facebook video of this guy talking about he's been watching Nancy Pelosi and today or yesterday, she sold off a bunch of stock at a loss. It's There's no way to know if this video, number one, is real or number two, when it was published. There's no way to know when that is. But it was sent to me this morning like, hey, this should be, this should be, you know, this should be something you pay attention to. Okay, so in OSINT this morning, though, I did see the um, the OSINT guys posted um, a video of the president of Kenya telling, telling people in Kenya to get out of the U.S. dollar because things are going to be different in a couple of weeks. That, to me, seems like signal. This YouTube or this Facebook video that... TikTok videos, I don't know if those are true or not. There's no date time stamp. You don't know when they were made. You don't know if they're defects. I don't know. Do I think that the Pelosi's would sell out at a loss to save their millions? Absolutely. They're probably buying real estate and they're probably buying gold right now. That's how those two shitbags work. But does that mean that everything's going to collapse tomorrow? I don't know. Probably in the next few weeks. But who knows? If I listened to, to um, Ed Dowd, We've got several more months of runway. If I listen to Tom Luongo, the dollar's going to be strong until at least September. If I listen to Janet Yellen, we can spend until eternity. I the the ground truth is I don't think anybody's going to know until it happens. So the point is, you should are you should have your cars gassed up and all that, you know, as much as possible anyway. But you can't plan for everything. So you got to do the best you can, and that's why we've been talking about being prepared for it, because if it does happen, you're prepared as best you can be. And that's literally the only thing you can do. Now, Wednesday, the 20, the 29th, we're going to do a, a Colonel's Roundtable. It's going to be with uh, Colonel Don Jenkins. He's a full bird. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Orlando Donna, 
Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers and myself will be talking about current events. And it's going to kick off at uh, 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. And that will be um, for about an hour, hour and a half. And then we'll open it up for questions. It's not going to be the standard, you know, we talk for a few minutes. And this is going to be, we're going to, I've got a list of questions. I'm going to ask each one of them, go around the horn, ask questions, get their take on things. And then we'll open it up for questions. And we're going to record it. I'm going to post it to Spotify and Apple Podcast. And this is Master and Donna's idea. I thought it was a great idea when he when he recommended it to me. When I did the first live chat with Pete Chambers, um, it was I, I first of all, it was I think it was Jack's idea to do that too. I wasn't thinking about it because live chats are a pain in the ass. And they're a pain in the ass for a lot of reasons. One, everybody has mic issues, people can't come off a of mute. Telegram's a nut roll to use, and it. But it's the most user friendly for. It's better than than uh, Discord, and it's better than um, some of the others for live chat. But it's still pain in the ass. So they're all they all suck. You got to find the one that sucks at least. So we're going to use Telegram. Um, steer everybody to that. I'll post a link on True Social and uh, the bottom of this video to my Telegram channel. If you're not going to listen to Telegram, you can listen to it. I'm going to post it again um, to Spotify, like I said. You'll be able to hear it there. But it should be a good good conversation. And that brings me to um, several things that are, that are bubbling to the surface. And there's several narratives that are developing right now, one of which is this N5, N5, N1 uh, avian flu that the, that it first showed up on Mike Adams' show about a year ago, and now he's talking about it again. Somebody sent me the the, the link to his his newscast or whatever that thing is that he does now, not the Health Ranger Report now. It's the Brighton News broadcast or whatever he's calling it. Anyway, he's back to the fear porn. He's, he's the doom prophet again. I saw the same type of information from somebody else. I don't know if it was a repeat of Mike Adams stuff or it was somebody else, but we knew that they were going to try, they're going to try and do another pandemic and it's not going to work this time. People aren't, those people that didn't get the vaccine are still not going to get vaccines. Those people that got the vaccine are going to get sick. A bunch of people are going to die. A bunch of people are still going to be in fucking denial until the very end. You can't, you just can't do anything about that. It is what it is. So don't live in fear of it. There's nothing you can do about it anyway. What are you going to do about it? So that answers the mail on that. The next thing is I got a bunch of calls today and yesterday on Sunday telling me that there's Chinese forces that are maneuvering up in, in Canada. Okay. Now there's no proof of that anywhere. We know there's forces there because of the infrastructure security agreement that China and Canada signed. So we know there's there's Chinese forces up there. I don't know what disposition, how many, where, I don't know any of that. And I right now I don't care because there's nothing I could do about that either. Here's the point. The point is everybody's wrapped up in social media. Everybody's wrapped up in these narratives that keep popping up that aren't substantiated across a number of platforms. I get that stuff sent to me all day long, literally all day, every harebrained story that's out there. Most of it I discount 
some of it I try and corroborate. Some of it I just just plain can't can't find a reference to other than whatever TikTok channel or whatever Telegram channel is posted into. Here's the problem with social media. It's it goes in line with this rumor that TikTok is going to be shut down or banned. Do you think that TikTok is the only social media campaign or social media platform that is compromised by China? Not only is it not the only it's 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 not the only platform that's been compromised by China. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, every single one of them has been compromised by China, either overtly through ownership. Mark Zuckerberg is married to a Chinese spy. Facebook, owned by China. Google helped China build the social scoring system inside of China. TikTok is not the only asset in the social media space that is owned by China. They are all owned by China in some way, shape, or form. And then you you see this show trial on Capitol Hill, again, another congressional hearing that goes nowhere, and they're asking the CEO of TikTok, a Chinese national, if he's sending stuff home. And he's lying his ass off under oath. Last I checked, that was a felony. And then what happened? Nothing. Of course, the social media platforms are owned by China, but they're not going to get banned because China owns the White House. China owns the Senate. China owns most of the Board of Supervisors and most of the Senates and the houses in the states, which leads to the question that people ask me all the time. How is it? Then in a constitutional republic with checks and balances, we've got into this situation. And that answer is very, very easy. The checks and balances are set up for the government with the assumption that there's going to be one branch of the government that isn't compromised by a foreign adversary. And there's no checks and balances for oligarchs. Oligarchs can do whatever the fuck they want above the law. How else do you explain a guy like Bill Gates running around telling the world he's going to release a fucking pathogen and then he's going to release the cure for the pathogen or another vaccine and nobody puts him on a kill list? It's because the oligarchs can buy their way out of everything and they can buy everyone, which is exactly how Mark Zuckerberg privatized the election in 2020 and took the presidency and the Senate. And he did it at the behest of the left through grants to the states and paying off people to cheat in the election. And then they did it again in 2022, only this time the cartels paid for the swing states at the behest of China. There's no checks and balances for the oligarchs. There's no checks and balances for anybody outside the government. And when you compromise all three branches of the government, there's no checks and balances left. And that's exactly what the Chinese have done.
And this conversation about globalists, non-globalists, yeah, I have the car. I still say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. China is behind all of this shit. And then when you look at the social media part of this, it makes a lot of sense why they would want to control the cultural narrative. And more importantly, they want to control the thing that the youth, the fighting age males, are plugged into so they can influence the population, and they do it on a regular basis. How else do you think that they can get normal teenagers to swallow fucking Tide Pods and videotape it and put it on TikTok? TikTok is set up so that any dipshit can go make a stupid video and the video goes viral and they gain millions of millions of followers and viewers and make money. The reason why it's set up that way is so it sucks in the teens. Go, go just go walk around the fucking grocery store and watch how many kids are plugged in watching TikTok at the grocery store. And then try and take a phone away from a fucking 14-year-old. Watch him melt down like a three-year-old. You don't think all that was pre-planned into the social media platforms to begin with? I've done entire episodes of the sit rep about social media and how addictive it is. And then you want to tell me that they're going to ban TikTok? Everybody that was in the in the panel was probably paid off by the Chinese, by Google, by Facebook, by by one of the social media companies. You're telling me they're going to ban it? They're not doing shit. The only way we get away from this, the only way we truly get the, cult the cultural narrative back across the country is for people to walk away from every single social media platform, period. Full stop. And we have independent media like One American News Network that is pushing real information that's verifiable and people could go to a platform that is a source of truth. We don't have any of that. And it's all by design. That's the only way we get out of this. So I could give two shits about TikTok. I could give two shits about YouTube. I give even less of a shit about Google. I don't give a shit and the fucks I don't give about Facebook. I've been off Facebook since 2015. I was on for a month. And the liberal echo chamber and the retards on Facebook was insufferable to deal with. I don't know why anybody would still be on Facebook. I don't know why anybody's on Instagram. It's an echo chamber for teen kids to post the same stupid shit and the same stupid profiles to try to make themselves seem like they're fucking Daniel Boone or they're Grace Kelly or whoever the fuck they want to be this week. How else do you explain the Kardashians? A group of narcissistic, self-centered, ignorant fucking retards in Beverly Hills that were filming in a house that wasn't even theirs, pretending this is their life. And they were a, a fucking phenomenon. How do you explain that? I'll tell you how that works. You get a bunch of teenage kids addicted to social media and then you put these jack wagons in front of them and you make it seem like this is the glamorous life. How much shit can you buy? How many nice clothes can you have? How many fucking tummy tucks can you do? How much liposuction can you do? 
Look at my eyelashes. Look at my fucking Mercedes. And then you wonder why there's an entire generation that's completely fucking stupid and, and useless. It's a programmed event. It was built, distributed, marketed, and now it's leveraged to influence the cultural narrative. And every single teenager over the age of 12 is watching all this nonsense. Go ahead. That's my challenge. Go take their go take your fucking smartphone away from your kids. See how long those teenagers go without fucking melting down. I mean, seven years ago, eight years ago now, I took I took my um a, a cell phone. I took actually I took a smartphone away from a fourteen year old and put it outside her door. So she couldn't access it at night. And she got up at least 11 times to check her phone. You think that's any better now? Eight years later, it's worse. Kids sit around all day long watching TikTok. They fight via text. Everything they feel, think, and, and every bit of validation, they get online. They post everything they do. Their relationships are online. Everything's a production. Everything's drama. And then you wonder why all these things can happen in our society and nobody's paying attention. The only way out of this is all the social media platforms have to be shut down. And we have to get back to a way of life that's simple, that's not influenced and dictated by technology. Because that, look at the Chinese system. Everything is dictated by WeChat. Everything in their society. You can't build a civilization on that. You just can't. And the problem with the Chinese regime, especially the Communist Party, is that it's built on corruption. The whole system is built online. The only reason that the, the, the Soviet Union was able to exist was that it was fed money from the European bankers and from the American banks to keep it alive, to keep the boogeyman alive. There was no other way it would have survived under its own weight. Communism is too inefficient. It's just too corrupt. And groupthink doesn't lead you anywhere. The Chinese are going to implode from groupthink. They can't innovate. They have to steal ideas. And even the stuff they stole from up, they can't use all of it because they can't figure out how to use it because of the fact they can't independently think about things. That's why I keep saying the Chinese are really good at infiltration. They're really good at stealing shit, but they suck at complex operations because they can't do anything creative. It's been bred out of their entire culture because of the communist system. The same thing happened with the Russians. Exactly the same thing. Towards the end of the 80s, when we were developing fighters like the F-15, the F-16, the F-22, the Russians were fucking paralyzed because they couldn't innovate. They could take a technology all the way to its absolute limit of advance, but they couldn't, they couldn't develop new technology. They were doing the same thing the Chinese are doing. They were stealing our technology or copying it the best they could. But they couldn't figure out how to do it. That's always been our strength. And that's why the communist system isn't going to work either. It's why ultimately it's going to fail. But in the meantime, 
we have to go and go through this, the financial collapse, the next thing, and we have to solve this problem ourselves. And that brings me to my final point. And that's somebody asked me today about our sphere of how I got, how did I develop my sphere of influence? And let me explain that very, very carefully. When I started doing any kind of, um, let's just say recordings or podcasts or anything else, I was still on Instagram and I was on, um, did some on YouTube and I was banned from both. First I was shadow banned and then I was banned. So then I moved to a, a website called how the West was lost. And that's where the, that's where the, um, the banner comes from. And I did that for about a year. And then I moved to TikTok at somebody's suggestion or sorry, I moved to TikTok. I moved to Telegram at somebody's suggestion and created a channel. And then I just started publishing content. And at, at first I was just publishing sit reps as MP4 files that people could just download, and listen to. And then I switched over to rumble when rumble came online and at the same time, I started doing live chats, and that's when I started getting people on my channel that were participating. That's how I met part of my team, was through live chats. And those relationships grew over time, and I was invited into other channels, other rooms, and started collaborating with people. And then I started meeting people and going to do different events, and I met people through different events. And then I did some I did a couple of meet and greets I met people that way and I've just been in touch and cultivating those those relationships but my core group of admins and um, core team members all together I have literally cultivated those relationships for almost two years now and that investment has paid off and now we all trust each other we all talk to each other um, very candidly and we keep things, um, we keep things on a, um, let's just say it's respectful because we all respect one another. We voice our opinions, we agree to disagree, and then we keep moving. And we've committed ourselves, everybody in my group, and I mean everyone, all want the same thing. They want to restore the Republic and they want to go back to their quiet lives. And all of us are tired. All of us are smoked from all the, you know, the stress, the emotional stress, the constant pace, the number of narcissistic assholes we have to deal with every day, the number of different, you know, um, let's just say interlopers that want to inject themselves into our team. We've, we've spent a lot of time working to get everybody on the same page and, the one thing about the entire team is we all check our egos at the door and we all realize we're trying to do the same thing. Doesn't matter what rank we are. Doesn't matter what background we have. That's the agreement we all made. And it wasn't just me that made that agreement. All of us made it. And it wasn't something that we spoke. It was something that we all exercised and did. And we don't agree on everything. We just don't. And, you know, I, I routinely have people, you know, guys on the team say, sir, you don't have to explain this to me. And what what we're you know we all figure out is that we're usually on the same page, but everybody thinks differently, and that's the value. And we, everybody trusts one another that's in the core group, and that's why I say your core group and your sphere of influence is the most important because it's people you count on. 
And I trust everybody around me implicitly, especially the folks that are admins on the team. Because my admins, I wouldn't be on Telegram without them. I just wouldn't. And they keep things straight. And they don't they don't even screw around with people that post that Q shit anymore. Those those people are gone. We don't have time for the religion anymore. And it's refreshing to be around people like that. I can tell you that. But the other part of my sphere of influence is I have a lot of people that are now that were in my orbit before that are coming back to my orbit because they realize my team's my team and I have been right about a lot of different things that are that's showing up. And we've been calling things for, for about two years now. We've been right about a lot of stuff. So people are gravitating towards that now. And the other thing that people realize is we're not trying to sell anything. We're legitimately trying to restore the Republic and get people to wake up and be ready. And that's the power of the group. It's not the fact that we have so many high-powered people because we've got some very smart people on the team. I mean, I'm fortunate to have to have a very smart group of people around me. Very smart. And it makes it makes the world easier to cope with when you have so many different, very intelligent people paying attention. And we're, we're able to look at things from a lot of different um, viewpoints that gives us perspective on how things are going to develop. We're not always right, but we've been right a lot. And that's, that's the street cred that we've earned over the last two years. And it's not just me. I can't sit here and say that, you know, just because it's my name on the on the channels doesn't mean it's all me. And you've, if you've listened to me for a while, you've heard me say this. But your sphere of influence, your core group is the most important group around you. That's what you need to be cultivating right now, making plans with people right now. How are you going to defend your neighborhood? How are you going to, how are you going to stick together? How are you going to solve problems? All of that. What radio frequencies are you going to talk on? How are you going to talk on the radio? Where are you going to move to? Where's your assembly areas? All those things you need to sort out. But that's how my, that's how mine develop. And you're crazy until you're not. And when you're not crazy, trust me when I say this, people are going to be coming out of the woodwork asking you questions. But whatever's coming is coming soon. So get ready as best you can. Don't fucking panic. Stop being scared. We all knew this was coming. So just do the best you can. Tonight I'm going to end with uh, Since You've Been Gone by uh, Rainbow. I think it's fitting tonight, by the way. But uh, interesting catalog. Richie Blackmore. Uh, it's an interesting group. They got a weird, really weird history. Their catalog's really weird, but I think the this is one of their signature songs. So this is uh, Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow. God bless one team, one fight. If I can get it to play. Let's try this one more time. Again, this is Richie Blackmore. Rainbow, Since You've Been Gone, God bless. Mm -hmm.